people feel the need that they have to be innovators and you have to think out of the box. Mm. Uh, that's not always true. You can mm. take something as simple as, let me actually uh, talk about an example and a case study that I came across, which is quite interesting. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Openly Spoken Podcast. My name is Celia. If you haven't met me yet, hi, you can find me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Cheryl Lobo. Cheryl is a banking professional and she specializes in product management for wealth management products. And her area of expertise includes uh, business process re-engineering and consulting. So she's going to share a really cool story. I, I gave a little teaser of it in the beginning to kind of hook you in. But she's going to share a really cool story of re of re-engineering and like how people took something very simple and made a really cool thing out of it. Uh, but in the long term, Cheryl looks forward to creating a community of small and medium-sized business owners and provide them business tools and opportunities to help them amplify the voice of their brand. She has an Instagram called An Atom in Space, where she's kickstarting this initiative, and you can find that link in the show notes. Now, this episode is so juicy that I just want to dive right into it. So let's get started. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Cheryl. I'm so excited you, to connect Celia. with you again. <laughs> Let's start by first hearing a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are. All right. Uh, I'm Cheryl and I'm based out of uh, Dubai, which is in the sunny side of United Arab Emirates. Um, so I've been a Middle Eastern kid, uh, grew up in the Middle East, and uh, this is where I've been for most part of my life. Uh, professionally, I am a banker with over 15 years of experience in uh, wealth management and product management. So that's on the professional side. Uh, in the long term, I hope to build up uh, a, a business which is currently in the works uh, for aspiring and well-established entrepreneurs like yourself where we provide them with business tools and a community that they can engage and amplify the voice of their brand. So that's where we are at. Our little venture is called An Atom in Space. And that, I looked a little bit on that Instagram, An Atom in Space, and I liked, uh, I saw that you have these, this like series where you teach children about money. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's really important because we don't learn that in school, at least here in America. They don't, yes. they don't really tell us anything. That's so true. And I think that's uh, relevant to every part of the world. If you look mm -hmm. at our education system, even today, uh, we are taught about, you know, languages. It could be English. It could be a regional language. Uh, you're taught yeah. about mathematics, science, geography, civics, perhaps history as well. But no one ever teaches you how to make money. Yeah. Right. So that's an education that we uh, lack. And mm -hmm. uh, I thought by putting up uh, a series, a mini series on the basics of financial literacy, catering to kids, uh, parents could learn it at the same time and uh, so can kids. And that yeah. was the whole intention of uh, bringing that on our page. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. When I was in high school, we had an economics class, but it was just senior year. It was only your last year. 
And I remember we learned about the stock market and some other things, but honestly, it was, it was like Chinese to me. I didn't understand. (laughs) I don't know how I I didn't fail that class. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, that's the problem with bankers as well. You visit a bank even today. Uh, you and you look at your terms and conditions, you look at the schedule of charges or even the bank's website. What do you see? Legal jargon, technical jargon that people like you and me may not even understand what's the relevance behind it. And yeah, imagine yeah. going to your banker and asking them, can you explain what current account actually means? <laughs> Savings account, what, what's that all about? And I'm sure you'll get a look from them going like, you don't know this right now. I think you're an adult. You perhaps could be 20, (laughs) 25 plus. Didn't you know that already? Um, So we thought of bringing out this series to break it down into very simple terms uh, Mm -hmm. that could be understood by all. And uh, of course, we wanted to raise uh, this whole awareness of why financial education is important and Mm -hmm. why one should start early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's really important to start early. Did you always want to work in this industry of banking? Honestly, no. <laughs> um, so as I was growing up, things don't go as per plan, right, Celia? Yeah, I they mean, don't. That never happens. <laughs> that never really happens. So growing up, I knew I wanted to get into the finance industry, but I wasn't really sure what that meant. Mm. Um, as we were graduating from college, Uh, we had this aptitude test that was taken. So basically the aptitude test tests you on your strong points, your SWOT analysis, your strengths, Mm, your weaknesses, perhaps you understand opportunities and how you could improve upon them. So my results were very clear that yes, you are fit for the finance industry. Great. But it looked something like auditing. They didn't even talk about banking. Uh, So like any student, I started studying for my chartered accountancy I guess in the US, you'll call it CPA. In the UK, you call it the ACCA. So uh, I'm an Indian and I've studied, I've done my college in uh, India Uh and uh, I started my course in chartered accountancy. Hmm. So uh, the passing percent all over India could be barely a percent or two. That's how competitive the exams are. Mm -hmm. I did start studying for that and I was balancing my graduation along with this. And after I graduated from college, I thought to myself, wow, you know, let's go into the big four, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, things obviously didn't go as per plan. And my parents were like, why don't you try banking? I said, well, okay, you know, let's give it a shot. And that's how I got inducted into the banking industry, more specifically into the wealth management department. And the rest is history. I'm still here 15 years later. <laughs> It's cool how like you can have a plan, but as you go on about life, things just unfold how they're meant to be. And you just kind of have to like accept it and learn along the way and not resist it. And then you'll always end up okay. I think that's been the most like beautiful part of of life in general so far. (laughs) So true. And I think the most important part for any individual is to have an open mind and accept that change. A lot of us resist change. We go like, no, this is not going as per plan. This Mm -hmm. is not within my five-year or three-year plan. What went wrong? Mm -hmm. So instead of getting bogged down by the opportunities that you didn't have, perhaps you're comparing yourself to another person where everyone has their own journey. And uh, that's your story. That's your story. So work towards what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and create more value. Yeah. I love hearing about 
your background and where you came from. Thank you. And I do want to know more about it, but let's start. I'm sure your, your personal background will, will come up as well as we dive into, let's start talking a little bit about how to re-engineer your business. So something I'm very curious about. So you said that you help people re-engineering your business. That's First right. of all, what is that? Is that like re-engineering their systems, re-engineering like since you're in banking, is it like re-engineering cash flow coming in and out? What is that exactly? Okay. In the most technical terms, business process re-engineering is an approach that you use to improve the efficiency and mm-hmm. the effectiveness of your business processes. There's the technical jargon. Okay. So let me get right to the basics. So like the system, like... If someone signs up for this, they get this email and like, like that kind of stuff. Uh, No, it actually expands beyond uh, that. So these are basically incremental changes that you can make to your business process Mm -hmm. to save your time, Mm -hmm. improve your productivity without having to compromise on quality. So are you like looking into things to automate? Is that, is that just a small part of it? (laughs) So it's, it includes automation. It includes, um, let me give you a live example, actually, to bring more uh, insight into what business process re-engineering is. So let's take um, a business owner who has a product-based business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you could be the maker. Uh, Let me take, uh, say, a gift box company, for example. Okay. So you have a lot of vendors you uh, assemble gift boxes that are specific to a certain occasion. It could be the holidays, it could be graduation, birthdays, whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what would actually come within that process of a gift box owner? You have the raw materials available with you. That's in terms of the packaging. You have your connections with different vendors that you Mm -hmm. coordinate or collaborate with to fit the occasion. Right. Mm -hmm. And then You have your own packaging team. Maybe you're doing it yourself. And then what happens is your interaction with the customer is another dimension to the process, Mm -hmm. packaging and delivery and payment. Mm -hmm. So that's the entire process. Mm -hmm. Now here we take an example of a entrepreneur who is doing it all on her own or his own, right? Yeah. So someone who would want to do it all and does it all. Why? Because there, whenever it's a startup, you have shortage of resources. Yeah. You may not have the financial resources to employ anyone or delegate it to someone without paying them, right? Mm-hmm. That's how business works. So you have a person who does the entire job. You have an Instagram page to run. You have customers who message you or DM you every now and then asking you uh, about your product, about your services, about your prices. And that's where most of your time actually goes. Mm-hmm. And then... There's this one particular aspect of marketing. What comes within marketing? Social media. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the most stressful activity for everyone today? Yeah. (laughs) Show up for your brand. This is what I keep hearing from everyone. I have to show up for my brand and I'm making an effort. Believe me. There's so many different platforms. (laughs) That's true. But where's everyone going nowadays? Instagram. That's right. So Um, So all these functions come into play. You have your operations, you have uh, marketing, you have risks, and you have customer service, you have all these aspects to take care of. Mm -hmm. Now, let's come into the uh, micro aspect of one particular process. 
let's take packaging. I'm going to take a very simple example. I'm not going to talk about social media because that's a different topic. Okay. <laughs> so even packaging, something as simple as how I assemble my products to put them into the package is a part of your business process. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You could have three products that go into your box. One could be a candle, one could be a chocolate and say a planner, right? Let's just have a hyper box. Uh, <laughs> me too. Um, so say the candle, this is where you are seated. Say the candle is placed perhaps two feet away from you. The planner is placed another feet away from you. Your box is right in front of you, but the raw materials and all those fancy glitters and uh, Packaging materials that would go into it is placed on the feet from you. So what generally happens is you waste a lot of time in just maneuvering yourself. You could mm. go from left to right. And that's the time that you waste. Mm. Okay. Okay. So for you to understand what business process re-engineering is, it is as simple as how do you assemble everything in such a way so that A, you don't compromise on time. B, you don't compromise on the quality that you deliver to your customers. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you are at your optimum best. There's no wastage as well. So imagine you transport yourself from one location from point A to point B. You may drop something along the way. You could drop a scissor along the way. It could be a tape along the way, perhaps a, a cup of uh, coffee. Who knows? So that's a lot of waste of time that goes into the entire process. Now I've given you something as basic as that, but how does it work in larger organizations? Um, larger organizations have bigger problems mm -hmm. because there are so many stakeholders. Uh, I'm going to talk about the mm -hmm. banking industry because that's my area of expertise and that's okay. uh, where I come from. Yeah. Um, if I have to process, say, an account opening form, um, I could have people at the operations, I could have someone who's there in compliance, it could be risk, it could be the uh, frontline, the people that you meet at the branch, the relationship managers, or the personal bankers, there are so many elements to just one account opening. Mm -hmm. So the whole process or the time or the time that's wasted happens between the transition from one department to another. How mm -hmm. is the bank doing it? Are they actually following a manual process by scanning documents and sending it on email? Could be. Maybe they have a system where you could upload these documents and it's all automated within the bank and someone else takes it up. Now that's process re-engineering. So mm -hmm. you're being smart about it. You assess exactly where the wastage happens. Mm -hmm. You account for your, all your risks. You try and mitigate them as well as you ensure that the customer experience, that's the quality and your output is not compromised and you mm -hmm. achieve it within a shorter turnaround time. So you could be spending 10 days doing the same job, but a little tweak in your process could uh, improve the overall customer experience, making the turnaround time from 10 days, perhaps to two days or an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's so, what business process re-engineering is. Okay. So for someone who's a new business owner, they would be, my guess from what you said, they would be looking at like, what things are they spending the most time on that you can kind of like shave some time off. So for yes. example, you mentioned the um, DMing people on social media. Oh. 
So maybe yes. if that takes up most of your time, maybe you develop some sort of like document where you have possible things that you can say in a chat with someone. That's or true. maybe you use that and you use that to hire someone out. And then something else that you said was about the automated system. And then I That's thought true. about all those websites like Asana or Monday.com. Absado, Monday.com, yeah. you have it all. But mm -hmm. then uh, that's the other thing. There's a lot of noise in the market. Mm -hmm. You may not need it. You may actually not need it. Perhaps the yeah. simple solution for you is to just hire a virtual assistant mm -hmm. and get the job done. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually sit back, assess your business, assess your numbers, assess your pain points, and take corrective measures to see where exactly you are spending most of your time. Mm -hmm. So I would start by saying you have to ask yourself the five W's. Okay. What are those? One H. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's get into that. Um, so the five W's are really simple. If you would like to re-engineer your business or even your business process, perhaps mm -hmm. you're launching uh, something new. Uh, it could be your messaging. It could be your delivery or customer experience and customer service. Say you've mm -hmm. assessed your business and you've understood and you've understood that customer service is one of your pain points. Mm -hmm. And why is it your pain point? Perhaps it takes a lot of time for you to respond to those messages. You could be a product-based business. You could be a service-based business. Perhaps you're not getting enough time to respond to your customers and you in turn are getting a lot of complaints. There's mm -hmm. this other aspect to the entire thing. Uh, people always perceive complaints to be a negative aspect to an entire business, but I think it's quite the opposite. Hmm, that's interesting. Cause it's like an opportunity of like, Hey, this is something yes. you can improve over here. I've never that's thought of true. that. <laughs> that's so true because who has ever heard? I know as women, we have the perfectionist bug in us and we want everything to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah, all of us have that syndrome, the perfectionist syndrome. And it's a challenge to actually break that off. Mm, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the five W's. Okay. So if you're trying to improve your customer service, you recognize that as one of your pain points. Ask yourself the five questions. If you're thinking of um, a new process to incorporate into your entire business plan, mm -hmm. who are you trying to help? The first mm -hmm. W. Are you trying to help your customers? Are you trying to help your vendors? Who is it that you're trying to help? Identify that. Why are you doing this? Or why is it a problem? Try and assess that as well. Perhaps it could be you spending a lot of time in business development and you don't have enough time during the day. Perhaps time management is something that you need to work on to ensure that you get and address that problem upfront. That's mm -hmm. another one. Mm -hmm. What value will it serve if I introduce this change in my business process? Mm -hmm. And when and where is the solution required? So that's where you assess your process. Mm -hmm. How is this being done today? Am I solving the problem today? Perhaps in bits and parts. And so after you have this entire chart available with you, you have your answers in front of you you do a little gap analysis to determine exactly where you can improve. Is it time management? Mm -hmm. Perhaps I should just spend 10% of my time on social media and I can spend 
the balance two hours on customer service. That could be one solution. Mm-hmm. Maybe social media is taking up a lot of my time. So I hire a VA or an intern who could take care of that job for me. Mm-hmm. So there are many permutations and combinations to the solutions that you could have in your business. And the most effective way of doing this is your customers. They are the voice at the end of the day. They are your word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? You could have a focus group. You could invite them over a chat or virtual coffee, if you may, and ask them, how do you think we can improve our business? You have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Based on the feedback that you get, go back to the drawing table, assess exactly how that would work for you. You arrive at a solution, test your solutions and test it with a group of uh, customers who've been perhaps very loyal to you, very engaging and very encouraging. And, uh, you know, I mean, these people really give you that motivation and that push to progress ahead. So always select your customers wisely. Uh, I mean, I meant to say be your focus group, not your customers. Yeah. You don't yeah. have choice of your customers, <laughs> right? So it's your focus group. The focus group that you choose should be a mix of people um, from different backgrounds. It could be different experiences. Some who've had very good experiences with you and some mm-hmm. who have not had good experiences with you. So try and tie them all into one room. Test your solution. See how it goes. Do a dry run. And mm-hmm. then launch your solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important to get that feedback because, like, for me personally in my business, every time I have a conversation with someone who's in my target audience, I learn something new, and it's always surprising. Like, you can't, you can't ever just assume like this is what people need. You have to That's wait true. and hear what people That's need. Mm-hmm. I I agree. Um, In fact, a lot of large corporations today now, if you look at small businesses, medium-sized businesses, or even large corporates, um, let's take, uh, I don't know, it could be a a commodity like candles, for example. It could be a bag. It could be a handbag. Have you seen the beautiful packaging that goes and the love and the care that goes and the personalization that goes into every little box that you get? Yeah. You feel a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that from large corporates? If I have to take you to the biggest brands today, do you feel that? No, you no. don't. <laughs> Absolutely don't. They just stuff it in a bag and they say, well, you've paid your money. Here you go. Out the yeah. yeah. So it's, it's different. But I can uh, tell you that businesses are changing. They mm-hmm. are evolving. They are understanding that the consumers of today are educated. They Mm -hmm. care about where the products are sourced from Mm -hmm. and they are building very customer centric business models. So you're not really moving away from the core of your business, but you're building up your functions around customer satisfaction and customer experience. Mm -hmm. And why does that happen? Uh, With the access to technology and globalization, we have an access to a lot of products Mm -hmm. available at our disposal. That wasn't yeah. the case perhaps a decade or two ago. So I would just source products from the region that I'm staying in and I wouldn't have access to what products are perhaps available in Japan or it could be India, it could be the US, Europe. Well, you don't, but mm-hmm. now you do. Mm-hmm. So there's an increased level of competition in the market. Everyone yeah. Yeah. is doing the same thing. 
So what could be your differentiator? A, the product that you offer or the service that you offer. And the other one is the customer journey. That's yeah. extremely important. I cannot yeah. stress on how important that is. Yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Uh, because this extends even towards digital products like apps. Oh, yeah, for sure. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And at the end of the day, especially with apps, it's all about user experience. So they're like putting themselves in the shoes of like, okay, pretend I'm the customer. Let's see how this, how's the experience of using this app or getting coaching or getting banking services or whatever service or product it is. That's true. Even the look and feel of the app plays an important role. So mm-hmm. uh, you could talk about color psychology. You could talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you have to consider uh, people who are colorblind. You have to take all these yeah, aspects into consideration. Even if I'm designing something as simple as a stationary product, by the way, I'm a big stationary fan, which is why I keep touching upon stationary, right? <laughs> um, so even if you look at stationary products, um, I'm a left-hander, so I write with my left. Not all planners are suitable for left-handers. If they have ring binders, it could be extremely difficult versus a spiral-bound planner. It's completely Mm -hmm. different. So that's where user experience comes into play. These Mm -hmm. are very few aspects or very minute aspects uh, when you consider your audience. But then there's a lot of research that goes into it, a lot of feedback that goes into it. And that's how you keep improving on your business model or your business process. Mm -hmm. I think one of two, you asked the W's and one of them that stood out to me is the why. Why are you doing this? That's true. I think that's really important, the why, because even like not even to take it out of why are you re-engineering your business? Just why are you having your business in the first place? Because from what I've seen, and even I've made this mistake in the past, sometimes we have a reason why that's very conditional and very like based on like wealth or money where our reason why needs to be very big picture and very like, what impact am I going to have on the world? And it needs to be something that is going to pull you through when there's that dip because not every day is going to be rainbows and roses. (laughs) True. True. Honestly, it's, uh, you know, I really commend all entrepreneurs who've taken the plunge, especially in 2020. And I can see a lot of them coming up. Um, The world has been quite unstable. Whoever thought 2020 would just throw us off and derail every single plan. I know. None of us thought that would happen. None of us thought that would happen. And um, so it kind of puts, it puts you um, on a different tangent altogether. It makes you assess your plans and your priorities. So things that you thought were very important may not be so important. Let's, let's take, mm-hmm. uh, we've covered this on uh, an atom in space as well. And I keep um, talking to people about it. You may have a lot of branded goods with you. You know, it could be branded handbags. You could have the latest one. I mean, is it uh, uh, the spring collection, the autumn collection, the fall collection? But where did you take it with you in 2020? Nowhere. Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. So it's sitting at the back of your closet. 
And you just keep looking at it and thinking, yes, one day I shall take you elsewhere. <laughs> so, um, so these are just few things that has made us less materialistic, yeah. uh, more yeah. conscious about where we are in terms of our health, where we are in terms of our financial security. And uh, trust me, this has really pushed us uh, in a good way to excel and explore other avenues that are there. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the silver lining for uh, 2020. Yeah. What were, what were the big like plans you had for 2020? Like, let's say it's January, 2020. What were you expecting? Yeah. Honestly, we were just going about our day. We went to office and it was like any other regular day. And then we heard about the news that it's spreading like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't know what was going to happen. And before we knew it, we were actually working from home for about a year. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just resumed earlier this year, 100% from office. Life has gone back to normal. Of course, we do have our precautions in place. Uh, but the best thing that came out of 2020 was the fact that Anatomy in Space was launched. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so that was in the works a year before 2020. But you never really have time because yeah. you're so bogged down by your work and everything that surrounds you. And this actually cut off the entire noise because mm-hmm. we were at home. We mm-hmm. were working. And then we said, you know what, why don't we just start an atom in space and see where this goes? I love it. How did the, what did you do to launch it? Oh, we did a lot of things. We, in fact, got the branding done first. In fact, Mm -hmm. you'll see the three uh, entrepreneurs that we worked with uh, Mm -hmm. throughout our journey. So we've got our branding done uh, through an entrepreneur who's based in uh, Dubai. Uh, we've got audio branding done for us, which is a unique corporate soundtrack that is uh, specific to an atom in space. We got that done through another entrepreneur, audio producer who's based out of Canada. And we got our video branding done through a wonderful group of women led uh, production company that's based out of the US. So it's wonderful yes. to see how these three have come together to produce the output for us in our branding video. So it's up on our YouTube channel and we feature them on our Instagram page. So uh, th- that's the approach that we were going for. Whenever we say that we wanted to amplify the voice of other brands, it could be a budding business. We mm-hmm. wanted to demonstrate it by, by demonstration. We didn't want to just feature them and say, okay, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to show our audience that this is what they can do and this is what they have done. Mm-hmm. So it helps them get more referrals within their business and really puts them uh, on that page. Mm-hmm. Have there have there had to be any re-engineering in that journey of launching an atom in space? Most definitely. You know, like <laughs> anyone else, we got onto that bandwagon and said, you know, let's go all out and have this whole blog concept and uh, let's let's launch an atom in space. So we got everything done. And uh, then we thought to ourselves, you know what, let's take a step back. Uh, Let's focus on what we can do as a business. Now, when we started off, we thought we were going to cater to people of all ages, uh, give them educational content. Um, At the end of the day, we would want to, we decided to keep the core of our ethos in place and build around it. 
mm. uh, which is why we are working on digital tools that we would want to have for our membership only platform mm. to automate their business to give them tools that they can use in their business perhaps mm. templates that they could use to uh steer their business processes ahead so that's exactly what we are uh, working on right now and i hope to launch sometime soon nice congratulations with taking that Thank leap you. with it especially Thank during you. 2020 <laughs> oh yes Definitely. have there been have there been any with the people that you've worked with so far the entrepreneurs you've worked with so far have there been any patterns that you've seen where that's kind of like stuck out to you as like a sign of needing to re-engineer, re-engineer their business? Um, so luckily the ones that I've worked for were extremely professional mm-hmm. and they knew what they were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've been um, quite the pioneers or uh, professionals in their own respective fields. They've worked with the biggest brands. So let's, okay. let's start with that. So they definitely have their processes in place. They have everything in place. But just mm-hmm. out of observation, if I have to uh, speak about budding entrepreneurs now this is just through observation and through uh, conversation Mm -hmm. Um, so this happens with all of us is that we have our ideas all over the place yeah you know when you start something (laughs) yeah you can (laughs) whenever we start something new the whole excitement of being your own boss and no one's actually telling you what to do you're like yes I am my own boss I can conquer the world great mindset to have but uh what have you done about it you know you could have your ideas in the air you could speak about a lot of things but nothing works until and unless you document a business plan Mm. okay so that's one thing to start with um always learn to prioritize and see what you should work on first and how do you determine that look at yourself okay Perhaps you're passionate about something. Perhaps you love to do about something, but is that going to get you money? Mm. Yes or no? Can you turn it into a successful business model? Maybe, maybe not. So that's how you start. Uh, Let me take my example. So I love singing or I love uh, working with art, but uh, is that my zone of genius? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, is it going to uh, turn into a wonderful multi-million dollar business? I don't think so. So you have a lot of qualities that are innate to you. You have a lot of skills that are innate to you. You don't have a one-dimensional skill. Everyone has multi-dimensional skills. Mm-hmm. So always take time to observe and list down your strengths, your weaknesses, And accordingly, take the best qualities and see how you could turn it into a successful business. Yeah. And also, uh, sometimes the idea of something is different than actually doing it. Like you mentioned, uh, thinking of how, what what do you love that you can turn into a business? And you mentioned singing. If you did have the skills to turn singing into having a career, you have to ask yourself, like, if you're a singer, you're doing concerts at night, late at night. Exactly. Does exactly. that align with you? Can you can you do that? Because me, I can't do that. I'm a morning person. I like yeah, to go to bed early. <laughs> I can what time never do you be a singer. What time do you go to bed? At nine, Generally. I'm getting ready for bed. By 10, I'm in yeah. bed. 
So I think we are absolutely the same, right? Because we we are morning people. We have to start our day extremely early and late night concerts. No, I think I would be snoozing. <laughs> right at the back. Yeah, and there are no so, daytime concerts. That's not really a thing. If it no. is, it's not. It's like a local artist or a smaller artist. It's not. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, which is why that's obviously not going to work. So, so yeah. So these are a few things that you should take into uh, consideration whenever you do a starting up your business. You should have a business plan to go along with. Uh, list down pri- your priorities, understand your operations, understand the risks that can come along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like technology and fashion are highly volatile. They keep changing every now and then. So are you ready for it? Mm. Yes or no? Mm. Uh, that's the other thing. Do you want to help uh, businesses perhaps launch? Great. Okay. So it would include branding. So are you an artist? Are you a digital artist? Or are you a branding expert? Do you really know color psychology? No. Okay, fine. So what services can you start with? Let's list that down. And perhaps as and when you progress through your business, you could hire someone who has those skills and expand your menu of services. Uh, yeah. That's one approach to take things through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always a good idea to test out services like that. Like you can, like when I started, I was doing graphic design and I would just uh, post my services on Upwork, people per hour and stuff. And with that, you can get a feel for like how I said, sometimes the idea of doing something is different than the process. So you can get a feel for like, I like this or I don't like this. And uh, I also worked in the fashion industry. Yeah, it is always changing. That's what brought me to my first yoga class was because I was working in fashion and it was just way too stressful for me. (laughs) Wow. Well, wow, that's awesome. So you are a graphic designer as well as, a, so what particular aspect were you taking care of in fashion? Uh, I was doing custom gowns. So wow. I, I worked for two that's different awesome. places. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I got, um, I basically pulled the patterns, which is the pieces of paper you put onto the fabric to okay. cut out. And I would pull those and I would have a sheet with the client's measurements and I would have to like adjust the pattern, like with measurements and math and all that. It was really fun, but the environment was just not healthy for me. (laughs) It was way too stressful, lots of gossip and stuff. So yeah, I started going to yoga and then long story short, became a yoga teacher and it just changed my life. So that's awesome. yeah, life always unfolds how it's supposed to. You know, the journey, Interesting. the journey will take an unexpected turn. And in my opinion, when an unexpected opportunity comes and your heart is saying, yes, do it. Even if it's it. a little scary, like yes. just go for it. <laughs> you never know what next thing that's going to open up. That's so true. That's so true. You know, many of us, whenever we have opportunities knocking at our door, uh, A, you have the imposter syndrome that creeps in, that little thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the other one is, am I really worth it? Do you think I can uh, manage a position as big as as this? Well, trust your gut feeling and just run with it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, who knows? This could actually be your shot. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's really new. Like the first time I, I had like a manager position. 
the imposter syndrome was real. I'm like, I don't have any experience, (laughs) (laughs) but it went fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that keeps happening. I've noticed this with a lot of people, especially with women. A, we have Mm, the need to be sheer perfectionists with everything that we do. In fact, Coming back to business process, re-engineering, that's one of the reasons we delay our output because we want to be Mm. sure perfectionists and give out the best output in the first go. But who knows, you would have, for example, the fashion industry or even the technology industry, by the time you do decide to launch, perhaps someone else has beat you to it and you're sitting right there thinking, okay, so what did I do? (laughs) Did I just miss the train? (laughs) <laughs> and then you have to rework the entire thing, keep innovating all over again. And you've done nothing yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard habit to beat. Yeah, true. So then how would you know if someone, the difference, if someone needs to re-engineer their process or if there's just that mindset part of like falling into perfectionism or giving into imposter syndrome or anything like that? Okay, so um, my advice to everyone is, uh, first of all, if you have to really determine what or where you're heading as a company, as a brand, as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you have your own team, it starts with the macro level first, Hmm. okay? Ask yourself, where do you see your company? At what stage is your company? Are you at the growth stage? Perhaps you're at the peak of your business. Have you reached the maturity stage or are you depleting? These are very important questions and everything actually starts from top down. It's never the other way around. Okay. So uh, if you look at your entire business, trust me, people don't want to look at numbers, but actually numbers are your best friends. That is an eye opener and that's black and white and it's never gray. So your numbers speak for you. They absolutely speak for you. Um, I mean, take anything into uh, consideration. If you look at your social media numbers, what do you test? You test things like engagement rates. That's numbers. You look at the number Mm -hmm. of likes. You look at the number of comments and everything would add up to your engagement rate. That's Mm -hmm. numbers. You look at your sales figures. Uh, You look at your cost. You look at your sales and you arrive at your bottom line, which is your profit. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yes, do, maybe. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a growth stage, say you've just started and you would want to acquire a lot of clients, uh, you're looking at the acquisition stage. So then look at what your needs are. Mm -hmm. What strategies should you adopt? That's another thing. Do you have enough resources available with you at hand? Do you need to hire a person who is good at sales? Do you have to develop a sales funnel through your website? Perhaps you don't even have a website. You could be just working out of social media platforms like, I don't know, Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. But do you actually need to have your own website in order to get more sales? That is something that you have to determine because you would know that all this would have a cost attached to it. Mm, Yeah, that's true. One mistake everyone makes is that they have this, the FOMO feel. Okay. Fear of missing out. 
they feel that they have to be present on all platforms at all times. Ayuak, is it possible for you to manage all those platforms in one go? No, absolutely no. not. No, it's not even possible. Look at your target audience. Who are you catering to? Are you catering to 50-year-old women? They're not going to be on Instagram or Twitter. They could be up on Facebook or they could be there on WhatsApp. People mm -hmm. actually forget that there are different avenues for you to get your business done. Hmm. Or maybe you have a product-based business and, they, and these ladies would rather walk into your store. They don't want to do anything with social media. They don't even understand. Of course, I'd beg to differ. 50-year-olds are on Facebook and they're quite savvy. They're quite knowledgeable. They know how to work it even today. Yeah, that's true. My mom is that age. She's on Instagram yeah. too. <laughs> My mom's not on Instagram. She's on Facebook. But I do remember back in the days in my early 20s, you know, when Facebook still just started. At, uh, and I would find myself on the phone or rather mm -hmm. she would see me on the phone and she would keep asking me, Cheryl, what are you doing on your phone? But now when I pay her a visit, she's always on her phone. What are you doing, mom? No, I'm saving this post. I really love this. I think I'm going to share it on my wall. Ah, who's on the phone now? Yeah, let's talk about too. that, right? <laughs> Uh, so these are a few things you have to take into consideration. Where is your target audience? Do you think really Twitter is the place to post about your business ideas? Maybe not. Maybe just snippets about your business, things that you have an opinion of. Um, and uh, Instagram, on the other hand, people always obsess about posting three stories a day, uh, oh, yeah. post every few hours. <coughs> And why do you do this? Because you want to be visible. Yeah, you why? want to be relevant. You want to be relevant. You want to be uh, successful. People should know you. You should have this many followers. But here's the thing. I'm going to break this myth today. Your number of followers, and I'm sure everyone knows about it, but I think people have to hear this as well. Your number of followers are not equal to the sales that you make. Yes. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially... Accept it. Yeah. Especially when there's no plan with what to do with the follower. Like when someone hits follow and you're just like, oh, yeah, got a new follower. And then you don't do anything. You don't engage with their content. You don't message it. You don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. What's the use? What's the use? They're just vanity. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if you look at the number of saves, why is a social media platform dictating your success? Why? Yeah, true. Why? Your business can exist with or without social media based on certain strategies alone. Let's mm -hmm. look at all the old businesses out there. Let's look at bigger brands. Did mm -hmm. they start off with social media? No. They had, they adopted those traditional means. I'm not saying go ahead and make a billboard. No, I mean, that's not even relevant today. I'm not saying run an ad on a radio station. No, that's definitely not relevant today. I mean, everyone's hooked on to Spotify and all those other channels. Now, why would they want to go onto their local radio stations yeah. and spend that kind of money? TV commercials. Don't we all skip ads today? Yeah, I guess it would really depend on, it would go back to the who, who's your audience? Ooh, because exactly. If your audience is like people in their 70s, then maybe you need to be on a radio ad. <laughs> That's <true>. I don't know. <laughs> Could be anything. You know, there are different means to uh, market yourself and make yourself visible out there. 
but it's very important for you to accept the fact that you don't have to be there on every platform every single time. But yeah. I do believe that every business, I understand that if you're at the growth stage or the inception stage, perhaps you would not want to spend that money mm-hmm. or uh, your uh, hard-earned resources in investing into a spanky new website. I get it. But when you see that your business is, uh, is booming, perhaps you're getting a lot of clients and the demand is increasing, that's the time you should actually allocate your resources towards the places that you need to. For example, mm-hmm. a website, and then you automate the entire uh, sales funnel from there. How would that flow into it? Uh, how would your lead convert? Mm-hmm. These are things that you could look into. And uh, there are different ways to put yourself out there. You have Facebook groups, you have, uh, both of us belong to a wonderful group and that's how we found each other. So uh, yeah. that's another yeah. way to kind of get the word out. Mm-hmm. I've been loving the online groups. Me too. I, Me I never too. really participated in like making friendships on the internet until 2020 happened. I was always like, oh, I've never even done online dating. I've never oh, okay. done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's different, but I'm so glad. I mean, that's one of the uh, things that I really loved about 2020 is the fact that it opened up the world so much. And here we are chatting up on Zoom today. Yeah. Who would have ever thought? I didn't think this was a yeah. possibility ever. That's true. We would not be talking right now. Not we wouldn't all. even know each other. <laughs> Never. Absolutely not. And people prefer um, virtual meetups as opposed to in-person meetups. Oh, I'm definitely one of those people. In per- the in-person networking thing. Oh, I hate them. Unless it was like... The group we met in, if that group yes. decided to do an event, that's right. totally different because we've connected yeah. with some of those people already. That's right. That's but when right. you just go to a random place with strangers, oh, I don't like that. Some people are okay with it. <laughs> I don't like so it. Are you an introvert by nature? Yeah, definitely. Same here. Same yeah. here. Trust me, in-person meetups are like, okay, hi, pleased to meet you. And that's it. And I think I'm just going to keep mum throughout the event, unless someone, you know, you click with someone and you have something common to speak about. Yeah. Uh, that's a different story altogether. Yeah. But I'm with you on the in-person meeting. I think all of us have our own mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> ideologies on how to network. But networking, again, is a very important aspect for any entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm sure you'll agree to that. Yeah. Because your, your community is what makes your business, you know, without any, without any kind of community, even if they're not buying from you, if they know about you, they can refer you, they can, they can repost your content. Just like the community is what makes your business. (laughs) That's true. That is so true. And uh, another important aspect in your business is that people feel the need that they have to be innovators and you have to think out of the box. Mm. Uh, that's not always true. You can mm. take something as simple as, let me actually uh, talk about an example and a case study that I came across, which is quite interesting, uh, okay. perhaps a couple of months ago. Uh, this is uh, a company called Savlon, which deals with uh, personal uh, hygiene products. Mm-hmm. you know, antibacterial products. And uh, the kids in rural parts of India mm-hmm. study or they go to school and they study on slates with chalk. So they have a slate and they have a chalk. Okay. 
being from rural parts of India, they may not have access to soap and sanitizers at all times. They do have access to clean water and that's, that's fine, mm -hmm. but they don't have access to soaps. Mm -hmm. They don't use a book. They don't use a pencil or a pen to study. They just use a, a slate and a chalk. Mm -hmm. So Savlon came up with this innovative idea and they recognized this as an opportunity for themselves. And they said, how do we help these kids? How do mm -hmm. we help the kids of rural India? With uh, the COVID happening and taking over the entire world, there is a need for you to have your hygiene game right up there, right? Yeah. They said, okay, fine. Why don't we innovate the chalks itself? Make and them out of soap? <laughs> no, in fact, this is what they've done. So they worked on this formulation rigorously to ensure, and all the safety tests were done to ensure uh, that they were actually safe. So what happens, and this is a product, I call it pure genius, honestly. So they made the chalks in different colors uh, because, you know, kids love to play with colorful chalks or anything related to colors, right? Um, so once they use the chalk on the slate, you have chalk dust on your hands, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that uh, happens to everyone. Uh, they go to the place or the wash basin where there's access to water. And I kid you not, that turns into soap. Wow. That turns into That's soap. That's such a good idea. That turns into soap. And I, I was that. blown away with this idea because they took something as simple as this. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the five W's. Mm -hmm. Who were they trying to serve? Rural uh, parts mm -hmm. of India, the kids. Mm -hmm. What were they trying to solve? They were trying to bring about the change and increase uh, the hygiene, uh, the availability of hygiene products to them. Mm -hmm. Now, they knew that there was a problem and that problem was that they couldn't afford to have these expensive sanitizers or soap at their disposal at all times. They recognized that problem. Mm -hmm. So how is this uh, issue being solved today? It's not being solved today. They said, okay, you know what? These kids have chalk dust on their hands. They're just running their hands through water and that's it. But is that helping them? No, it's not helping them. The germs are still on your hand at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So they innovated their product. They took a product as simple as a chalk. They uh, engaged their R&D department and they had all the safety tests done and they launched uh, an ingenious product such as this. And they solved the problem. They brought value to everyone yeah. else in India. So there's a high demand for their products in uh, India today. And every school, rural school, or uh, any educational institution that uses a slate and chalk, even today, want that product. And why not? It's so innovative. <laughs> so something yeah. as simple as this, you just have to apply your mind, think out of the box, and look at the result. Thank you for sharing that story. That's so cool. And I love, I love how they don't have to buy anything extra because, you know, they it's needed the chalk anyways for school. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so at the same time, you're not discouraging the children to learn. In fact, you're motivating them because they're fascinated with the fact that chalk dust turns into soap. Yeah. I mean, how fascinating is that? I would be fascinated even yeah. today. I would be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's a story I thought I would share, which is uh, relevant to a business process re-engineering or even product development. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of it. 
Is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you wish I asked? And how would you answer? Um, no, I think we have uh, covered a lot of aspects today. Okay. Yeah, we've and, had a nice uh, conversation. It's quite interesting, in fact. Quite uh -huh. fun. Uh -huh. I've had we fun too. More often. So yeah, <laughs> I would love to do this again. I also want to ask, um, as someone who is in banking and even something that could apply to entrepreneurs in general, what is one tool that you will always have no matter what you're working on? It doesn't have to be a physical thing. It yeah. could be a practice or something like that. Sure. Uh, there are a few principles that I always go by, and this is relevant to any professional. It could be a self-employed professional, or it could be a working professional. It really does not matter. Uh, first is productivity. I think productivity is the key. If you really manage your time effectively, uh, it can take you places. It can avoid uh, burnouts. It can avoid uh, a lot of distress mentally as well as physically. And I think uh, self, uh, not self, but uh, personal development and self-help is the key today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to plan my day or to plan my things, I actually don't use my phone. I don't use any apps uh, except for a calendar that's shared between my husband and myself to understand what events or, you know, meetups we have with our friends and family. Uh, but I'm a little old school. I do love my planners. Me too. I, have three. I love my <laughs> planners. I'm a big stationery fan. The more colors and the more colorful tabs with the stickers, people may think that I've gone crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? Are you still in high school? I'm like, no, this is what gets me going. Come on. I love my, um, my highlighters. Uh, it could be different colors. It could be neon colors. It could be my Sharpies. It could be anything, pastel shades, you name it. I have uh, every color <laughs> available with me. And that's something I enjoy. And trust me, nothing can be more satisfying than you making that to-do list and striking that off. Yeah, I definitely. Mm -hmm. I really feel accomplished. So I use that in different aspects of my life and more reasons for me to buy stationery. So I use one at the workplace and one just for uh, an atom in space. And, you know, perhaps you're just catching up with friends and you need to jot something down. Yeah, so that's my excuse of buying more stationery. Really? Okay. <laughs> I've never felt more seen. I'm the same way. <laughs> oh my God, you just Three like planners. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I have three planners as well. And uh, the more customized they are, the more better it is. I mean, mm -hmm. I do have my favorites in place and mm -hmm. uh, always keep a lookout as to what they're launching next. So uh, that's one. The other is uh, I always keep myself hydrated. Trust mm -hmm. me, this is yeah. the key. Have the bottle in front yeah. of you. It can be easy to forget, especially if you're at, the, at a desk. Yes. You know, just absolutely. having, have, always have a drink on your desk. Always have <laughs> a drink and water is the best thing that you could have. I mean, who knows? You mm -hmm. just gulp down a liter or two right there. Mm -hmm. um, the other one, which is a very important aspect is teamwork and collaboration. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important aspect. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with uh, people from different cultures um, from all over the world because of the country that I'm staying in. And trust me, it's fascinating. It's interesting to see how you can be a part or how similar your cultures are. It's mm. funny to see how similar certain cultures are and the ideologies you share. 
and things that you learn about them and uh, you're more aware and you're more tolerant towards mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. um the other thing is you have to be uh, respectful and empathize with people empathy yeah. and being respectful is the most important aspect to any one you know celia you can have the best qualifications in the world you could have a multi billion dollar business for all you care but if you are not a good person within the core of your being that's yeah. not going to work out yeah i think that's very important to yeah. be respectful towards one another and to empathize with your clients uh with your audience with your friends with your family with anyone for example mm-hmm. because you don't know their story perhaps i don't know your story you don't know my story but that does that give me the right to treat you any different no never absolutely not <laughs> we are human beings at the end of the day one may feel okay i think this person is too big for me but if i have to go and interact with that person they are human beings at the end of the day yeah. and i think that self confidence is so important mm-hmm. break the walls of thinking am i too little or am i too big sorry no one's little or no one's too big we are all human beings at the end of the day yeah just that our uh, our stories were different our journeys were different perhaps yeah. you've gone ahead before i did but that doesn't equate or you don't have the right to be little me so yeah. that's that's yeah. uh, one aspect stand your ground uh, that's another thing that i would uh, tell everyone stand your ground be confident stand behind your product stand behind your business stand behind your customers and own it mm-hmm. um that's one uh, philosophy that i go by and uh, the most important aspect is invest in yourself now what does that mean it could be personal development you could be listening to podcasts all day you could be reading books you could mm-hmm. be attending online trainings but always innovate yourself mm-hmm. no one on this earth can say that i know it all no yeah. way nobody no way the world is changing every second and if there is something that is of interest to you please invest in education education opens up a world of opportunities it opens up your mind reading opens up your mind in so many ways that you can imagine so never stop learning you are a student forever yeah I love that. Those are so many good tools. Thank you so much. And I think I think we've covered just about everything. Uh yeah, I mean yeah. these are my um and yes, keep calm under pressure. So important. Uh, yeah. That's a really good one too. <laughs> where can people listening find you online? <laughs> uh so where can they find me online? Is uh, they can log on to Instagram and just type in an atom in space. That's where you can find us. You can connect with us. Uh, send us a DM. Say hi, and we would be happy to hear your story or help you in any way possible. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Celia, for having me. And uh, it's been a wonderful day. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. If you enjoy this episode, please support the podcast by leaving us a review, by letting us know your takeaways on Instagram at Openly Spoken. And I am so grateful to be in your ears and I will see you next week. <laughs>